folks, the Chair Shop Podcast is back, and I'm going to have to resist the temptation to two weeks in a row do my Mike Tenay, we listen to the fans joke about moving nights, because uh, we find ourselves back here on a Monday, uh, smack dab in the middle of the football, uh, more of that later, of course, as you've come to expect here on your Euro 2020 cast. Uh, but not from me, not from Barry, lad. No, not from my, but from my co-hosts and pals. First of all, Joe Towner. Hello. And also, Mr. Paul Griffin. Hello. How are we doing, folks? On this, it's actually quite nice again. The weather is it, it's all, it's all right. Getting yeah, a little bit, little bit muggy, you know, a little bit, little bit uh, damp in certain places, but it's quite warm as well. So, uh, how are we keeping this this lovely evening? It's all right, isn't it? Not bad. The old allergies are kicking up though again. I'm squinting oh, as I as I say oh. this to you, uh, and I got some good shit from the pharmacist that that was working for quite a while, but now my body appears to have already defeated them. Um, so that's not good. Yeah, it's been super bad this week. I was literally, I think Thursday, sneezing from basically all day from nine o'clock till I went to bed. Just literally sneeze, sneeze, sneeze didn't stop sprayed the old gear up the nose took i'm not sure you're supposed to take multiple hay fever tablets but i tried them all anyway you know (laughs) took two or three different ones just in case um yeah nothing seemed to work it's been really bad Um, i don't think i really get hay fever oh it'll come Um, oh here he comes you say that give it give it a year give it no i i get very badly affected by um, like being in the office with the uh, circulated oh, air. Oh, circulated air, yeah. But actually, the old outside air, I don't think, affects me that bad. Because my my dad's got really bad hay fever at the moment, and I'm just mm. walking around clean as a whistle. That's it. Rub that breath in our face, why don't you? <laughs> Very nice. Very nice breath. Um, but in terms of what I was up to this week... Um, I took a trip back to the cinema for the first time since last September. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I did nicely bisect the old um, pandemic, as it were, in that I know a lot of people, my friends, brother, people I know, have just recently gone back to the cinema for, for the first time since, like, December 2019, January mm-hmm. 2020, that kind of um duration but i saw tenet last september on my birthday so i haven't been away for quite that long i had a nice middle of the pandemic trip um but it was still nice to go back to the cinema um i saw f9 the fast saga known on this side of the atlantic as fast and furious (laughs) nine which annoys me like I, I, I'm one of those people who hates when uh, a franchise gets rebranded Yeah, on either side of the Atlantic. I understand that sometimes it's out of their control, trademark, laws, and whatnot. Like, we got... Um, Avengers Assemble is the... Avengers Assemble, Lilac Wars on the N64, rather than mm-hmm. Star Fox 64. Yeah. Um, and this is one that I, I don't understand why they do it. Because the, the American branding is so much better than what we get over here. Furious yeah. 7, Fate of the Furious, F9. And then we just get, Fast and the Furious, Part 8. 
Well, because I feel like there's been incidences in the past, like the Harry Potter thing, where the the legitimate marketing mindset was that people would be too stupid to comprehend the name in the states. Right. Which I mean, I mean, whether or not you believe, I mean, that's that seems trivial to me. Anyway, but I think that was related to the book as well, wasn't it? it wasn't the film? Yeah, that, that predated the film. Yeah, that was the book as well. But like, is is, is that is is that the mindset that oh, the Europeans they're not going to get it. They're not going to get the sophisticated filmmaking title. Yeah, that's the point I was going to make. Is that it's. It is a point that we high horse Europeans will often make about our American friends. They won't get the nuance of wizard school. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, whenever it gets turned on us, it's like, why is it called Fast and Furious 9 over here? It's it's yeah. the like you can see from the marketing Vin Diesel's big potato head. You know it's fast. <laughs> but you know what? I have to I have to respect it to the to I have to give tip my cap even though it's it's kind of cooler the American name. I will always respect a franchise that just calls itself name of movie number. Yeah. Um, yeah. I yeah. can't I, like and video games got so bad for this. I've read the raves in the past. The the ninth Mortal Kombat game is just called Mortal Kombat. Then the tenth one is called Mortal Kombat. X and then the 11th one is called Mortal Kombat 11. It's like, what, no, what numbering convention is this? That you're it's very using? WrestleMania, it's very WrestleMania. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing? Like, this and- is why we stick to numbers on the Chair Shot podcast. That's right, yes, absolutely. we're up to 520, whatever it is. You know, none of this bollocks, no C9, no. the fate of the fucking lads, or whatever. <laughs> That's the title. The Fate of the Lads will be our last ever podcast. That's that's <laughs> a certainty. I said, can we please call this episode no number? Just call it C Nine, Fate of the Lads. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and in a, in true Jim Ross fashion, while we're on the topic of weird numbering conventions and, and video games, uh, Barry, can you explain Battlefield to me? Oh God, no. Um, um, they did. They did. Battlefield 1, 2, 3, and 4. Yes. And a bunch of spin-offs along the way. So they had spin-offs with year names in them. Bad Company, Bad Company 2. And then it was... Um, one again. One. The, and like literally... Like, so so Battlefield 1 and numeral 1 as well. Not even, yeah. not, not even Battlefield O-N-E. Or, no, Battlefield 1. Then, because they were going back to World War 1, yeah. I think was the point of that. I believe then, so. Then Five? they switched to V... Yeah. Not five V, v. Okay. Uh, and now the next one's set in the future, so it's like it's like Battlefield twenty forty nine or some shit like that. Forty two, um, I think. Forty two, yeah. So uh, I don't know. That's that's crazy. Also, Call of Duty has released about six games called Modern Warfare. Um, <laughs> they put the original out, they remastered it, but just called it Modern mm-hmm. Warfare again, and then they put out a, a reboot of Modern Warfare as yeah. well as Modern Warfare two and three. I believe they also remade two. Like just oh my god. Anyway. That's uh, a... Anyway, the cinema, cinema. which was my original point. Uh, Yeah, very pleasurable experience. There was not um, people, much people talking. Mm. There there was one early on behind me, right? I shot them the old, shut the fuck off look. Ah, yes. (laughs) And said to them, shut the fuck off. (laughs) And then there's no more talking, so... That's why they call it that look, yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I gave them the look, and then when they didn't respond to the look, I gave them the old vocal look. Um, <laughs> but there wasn't there wasn't a load of phones out there wasn't a load of talking which was great but what there was a load of people showing up five minutes into the film <laughs> with the phone yeah. uh, see 
17. What row is this one? Let me look. Let me stand literally blocking the screen with my phone on with yeah. the, to- the torch, the brightest it goes. People. For five minutes. Christ. It should be. Okay, I understand people want to skip the trailers. Oh, okay, it's 11.40. We'll, we'll go in at 11.55 or whatever. Mm-hmm. But on the ticket, it should have like start time and then like final call. If you're not there by this time, sorry, you can't come in. Yeah. For, you know, if for whatever reason you, you, you're late, you can't come in. Um, I was even suggesting that they should, <laughs> they should just lock the doors during the film. But I understand, obviously, for fire safety and people who need to piss mm. or whatever, that, that can't be. But, like, for people coming in, I think there, there wasn't a huge amount of people at the showing because I went, at, as I mentioned, at 11.40 on a Friday. So people were working, etc. Right. But... um. I would say more than half of the people that were there were coming in after the film had started. Which is so fucking annoying. I hate yeah. those people. Um, but no, apart from that, the film going experience was very good. Not a lot of plebs. And uh, I'll talk about the film itself later on. Yeah. Um, but that's pretty much all that I got up to this week. Very cool. Yeah. I was off work, so I just lazed around and basically did nothing. I had, a, I had a cinema experience as, as well this week. Like, like she said, fairly straightforward, but I did have that exact thing. Fella using a phone to get to his seat. Now, he was before the movie at the very least. But, like, when you get to your seat, realize that the phone is very annoying and turn it off. He had the flashlight and got to his seat. He goes, right, there you go. Let me just get comfortable. Oh, no, where's my uh, pop-up? Oh, wait, anyway. Oh, yeah, you're comfortable there. Do you, want me to, you, do you need some coke? And all this with the light on. And the light's yeah, going yeah, big. Yeah. All over. Turn it off, man. You're in your seat. What are you fucking... You trying to see each individual kernel you pick up yeah. and put your fucking dog? <laughs> <laughs> or, right, if you're late, say you're legitimately late, right? Yeah. Um, you're on the way, sprain your ankle on the way into the cinema. You're hobbling <laughs> along. You're giving it the old Terry Funk comeback. Right? <laughs> Just sit in the front row. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You're Just late. That's, that's your penance is you have to sit in the front row. Um, and especially because with the pandemic uh, seating, it was all spread out. So people who were late could had spaces they could just slot into. There was there was no uh, problem there. Oh my god. Anyway, but yeah, yours was okay apart from that as well. Yeah, it was okay. It was a little bit of murmuring, but it was fine. It wasn't as bad as the previous week. Um, but yeah, other than that, I had, a, I had a I had a pretty dang good week. It was the beginning of my f- fourth decade of life. Yeah, as I as I am now thirty. So, as is tradition around these parts, that then involved some sort of celebrations and acknowledgement of that day, yeah. uh, as you do, which was quite nice. Um, yeah. Got some uh, tremendous, tremendous presents. I will say. So, I know my girlfriend's going to be listening to this. I have to. I'll have to put her over strong. I, 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 I can't. I can't. I can't hold back. She got me some absolutely fantastic presents. Oh, I got the biggest, fattest, chunkiest boy of a, of an art book for uh, control. The, the game oh nice. it's outstanding it's in a nice fancy presentation case you take it open it's fucking huge it's absolutely massive and i started to look through it it's one of those ones that i like which has got tons and tons and tons of art obviously but loads yeah. of interviews loads of little tidbits loads of behind the scenes like that's what i want you know what i mean i want to i want to see some stuff because these games don't come with commentaries and behind the scenes features yeah. so put it put it in the book so can't wait for that uh gonna get stuck into that um, and loads of other really nice stuff, loads of nice uh, clothes, a lovely uh, framed uh, print of kind of the giant Beast cast crew, which obviously that podcast ended earlier this year, and I was right. quite upset by that. 
fantastic print. Loads of other stuff. Loads of great stuff. I could I could stay I could stay here and list it. So lovely stuff. We went out and we had dinner with my mom. My mom, to her credit as well, I got a lovely uh, photo album. Which, being the trendy young uh, folks we are, I don't actually have a photo album in this apartment. No. I, I, I when, all that stuff's at home. Um, so I don't have any of that. So she went rooting through her own physical photo albums and. Uh, uh, with the help of some other folks, scanned them and got a, a, a book of, of like baby pictures and stuff like that, communion pictures, all right. that kind of shit in there. Really fantastic, like so so nice. Um, and then that was that was midweek. My birthday was midweek, uh, so we did that. Had a lovely time. I also got a fucking class uh, '90s Spider-Man cartoon action figure, Daredevil, uh, uh, from that show. He's fucking class. Um, so I, I don't know what I'm going to do do with him, but I'm going to put him somewhere. Um, then on Saturday, I was going to have some friends over to the the apartment, my 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 local friends, my ex roommate, and stuff like that. And uh, Brona says to me that we should go to the the park because we have a friend who lives nearby who has a dog, a lovely dog, we absolutely love. And we we check in on the dog sometimes when our friend is away, and we take her for a walk and stuff like that. She's like, let's go to the park, you know. You know, her friend's gonna uh, pop by and just say happy birthday. It's like, yeah, yeah, okay, absolutely. We'll go to the park. We'll do all that. We'll, we'll, we'll have to. Got a brought a little cheeky can with me to the park. So we'll have a little sip. Weather was okay, and uh, in in the ultimate ruse, the ultimate uh, uh, this is your life moments, she had arranged in secret about two months ago. This was this was planned out for uh, three of my my bestest pals from Dublin to come down and surprise me and stay the night and come to the party later and all this other stuff and just have a, a weekend of fun with me. And I was fucking floored. I had absolutely no idea. And I felt like a giant rube because um, she's like, did you think I was bringing you to the park to say hello to my friend's dog for your birthday? And I was like, well, yeah, it's a nice dog. <laughs> Sounds and, better than some birthdays, you know. Yeah, I mean, hey, listen, and she even said this part of what was a big motivation to organize all this because last year's birthday was shit, you know. Like m- most people, that initial lockdown birthday is fucking crap because yeah, nothing, yeah. and nobody know nobody knows how to do it, you know. Even back then, uh, so it's like so went all out. It was fantastic. I was genuinely surprised. Like I said, I felt like a moron. I was planning to have some of my Limerick friends over, and so she made up the guest beds. And then I was like, in hindsight, I don't know why you were doing that. Everyone else who was coming lives within about 20 minutes of the apartment. I don't know who I, you were making the room, the room up for. I felt like a fool after that as well. Um, <laughs> you got worked. <laughs> I, got, I got so thoroughly worked. Um, and, but in the best possible way, and I had an absolutely fabulous weekend. I mean, I really did. Yeah. I can't, I can't uh, doubt it at all. Uh, among, among the gifts um, that my friends got me included, uh, a cameo from Nick Gage. Which is, uh, tremendous oh and uh he's great because we've actually all gotten each other cameos from nick gage at this stage because he's he's phenomenal he's so he does the nick gage thing and among the things they got him to say if you uh pop by on wednesday to my twitch and if you're not already a follower if you smash that follow button i've got him i've got a little thing that pops up now and he says i just joined the motherfucking barry lad twitch gang (laughs) it's so good and it's just i was like i was cackling at that so yes i had an absolutely fabulous week um uh, great way to usher in the big 3-0 um yeah, and that's uh, and that's that. Jet, jetting off to Dublin this weekend, lads. So you know it's nonstop for me here. <laughs> um, I love that. I love the plan and big surprises for people. Yeah, I nothing I'm makes me happier. 
it's it's mm. it's so hard to do. I feel like, and then and then I find out my mom was in on it. Fucking my my the people who were coming to the party from Limerick, yeah. they were in on it. They fucking knew who was. I was like, oh my god, I'm literally the last person to find out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you can't beat a good a good surprise. No. Um, I've also just realized, am I is is my girlfriend the only one who doesn't listen to this? Well, she's present. She's present for most of it. Oh, so, she's you know. now. Yeah, she, she could not give a fuck about listening to this podcast. Well, I think also like you guys are are together quite a while at this stage. So she probably yeah. around the, around the time she came on the scene, we were probably still talking a lot about wrestling. Um, so I think she, so. I think so. so. She she got discouraged early on. Where, 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 <laughs> where, 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 where mine has come in, and it's just like it's NXT five minutes again. at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, that's uh, that's life got for me. I, my other my other life got for I, I waiting on some uh, uh, equipment to be uh, uh, delivered. Um, wireless keyboard for the work from home because yes. I, I need to my my the, my sitting arrangement is terrible. I'm doing I'm doing all the stuff against what you're taught in your little office ergonomics yeah uh, classes. I'm leaning forward. I'm looking. My laptop's here. My second monitor is up here. I'm looking at the corner of my eye. So I've got I've got a laptop stand. But then I, I can't reach the the, lap, the keyboard, so the keyboard is on the way. But on post, they're just like getting the notification from Amazon saying they tried to deliver, but they couldn't reach it. It's like, well, I didn't fucking hear anything. I'm sitting in the house all day, as you do at the moment, and I'm, I didn't hear anything, so it's in limbo at the moment. Um, I think I would pay twice for uh, twice the amount for delivery with Amazon if I could pick a a courier and just be like anyone right. but on post, anyone, just fucking anyone. Um. But uh, no such luck. But uh, yeah, that's the that's the life for me this week. Is your chair new there, by the way? I uh, no no no. Uh, I had it. Uh, no, it's uh, uh, this is a hand me down, I believe, from my my roommate. Um, he it's, nice. ga- it's a gamer chair. It's nice. It's comfy. I use it for work from home. He got a new one, and I was like, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take a freebie. Give me that. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was a very productive uh, weekend uh, overall. Way. Um, so the the room where I record this um, <clears throat> illustrious podcast is, is actually our spare bedroom, which we use as an office. Uh, and we had it set up as an office before COVID. But obviously, once the pandemic hit, it came into its own as we were both working from home. Um, however, this past weekend, we've, we've transformed it. So I finally bought some shelves to go uh... in this office. Because previously... A, lot, a while ago, we had our, like, our old sofa in here, which we thought would be a nice idea. Oh, yeah, put a little sofa in the bedroom. Unfortunately, it just took up loads of room, and we used to store loads of shit on it, so it wasn't very good. So we got rid of that, cleared all the junk out, got some really nice shelves from Ikea. All of that stacks up nicely. And I have to say, the, the joy I get from seeing stuff stacked properly in plastic boxes uh, <laughs> rather than just sat on the floor yeah. is, is immense. It, it feels like a proper office. We've even got, we've even got the printer on a shelf. Ooh. So if you want to print something, you just go boom, and out it comes. It's like that's, magic. That's going to be wonderful. That is the most always worthwhile investment because the next time you need to print something for the next ten years, you're gonna be like, oh, I don't need. Yeah. I don't need to run down to that shitty little place that closes at four o'clock uh, down the road. I have it here. Now that I can't steal photocopying from my employer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that's gone forever, isn't it? I know. Oh. I know. <laughs> This is the one good thing about going into the office. One but, um, good, yeah. but yeah, so we sorted that all out. It was um, a lot of work, but it's very, very good. And we're also putting a permanent desk into our living room as well. So like, we've got a nice writing desk coming so that we don't have to work at the uh, 
the dining table anymore, which is, <laughs> we've been doing that for so long, like, I don't know why we didn't do it sooner, but, you know, finally, finally got around to doing it. So that's been very good. And other than that, a bit more handyman work around the house, getting pretty, pretty good at that, you know, doing little bits and pieces. Um, so yeah, very productive weekend. And um, what else did we do? Then we went to a nice uh, food market again, you know, we love a food market. So we went down there on Sunday. I had a lovely, a uh, little bit of Ghanaian food. Um, so had um, it was beef stew with jollof <laughs> jollof rice and plantains. So it was it was very nice. Not not something I've had. I think I had once before that that type of mm. food, but not not something I've had often. It's a bit of a I don't say acquired taste, but if you're used to the kind of you know English palate of fish fingers and chips, and <laughs> spaghetti bolognese, you know, dolmio. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, I do like lots of different foods, obviously, but uh, yeah, not tried the kind of African cuisine as much. But yeah, it was really, really good, really tasty. Um, not too spicy, just a little nice bit of spice and seasoning, nothing too crazy. Um, does take getting used to eating um, plantains because they they do just taste like banana fritters to me. So it's okay. a bit like having a banana fritter on top of beef stew and rice. And I'm like, well, ooh, hang on. Ooh, me old, t- me old taste buds don't know what to make of this. But um, yeah, I think you, you get used to that kind of sweetness with the, the savory after a while. But yeah, really good. And then, um, yeah, then back at it today. Back at, back to work and uh, yeah, watching that football earlier. Pretty good, wasn't it? It was pretty good. Um, one thing that's making this Euro... We're doing Euroguff now, by the way, Fox. One thing that's making this tournament especially interesting in, in my house is that we all have... We did a draw and we all have individual teams. Mm. Um, and my brother's last team was Spain. All his other teams Ooh. have been knocked out. Um, and I was just looking at his little face when Croatia, 3-1 <laughs> down with six minutes left in the game, equalized in the 92nd minute. His little crestfallen face. Uh, little did I know, Alvaro Morata was about to become extra time Lionel Messi. Um, turns out he's only good in extra time 90 minutes, rubbish extra time, blasting the ball in Um, so Spain go through but our top story of the week England, Germany it's 1996 semi-final all over again this time the quarterfinals Um, Joe, do you feel like I do that it's inevitable that this is going to go to penalties I would not say inevitable but no? I can see there may be a strong possibility of that. Right. Um, they have always been... Cl- I've looked back through kind of England-Germany tournament games and actually... So I think everyone remembers the 4-1 in South Africa, which is the most... You know, the, the Frank Lampard. One. Yeah, Yeah, the Frank Lampard and the two you know, the counter-attacking goals. And the embarrassing, embarrassing defeat. But yeah. apart from that, the England-Germany games have always been very close. I think they've... Two have gone to extra time. Two have gone to penalties. Yeah. Um, England won one nil at Euro two thousand. So they're usually actually quite close. Um, so yeah, I can see it potentially extra time and penalties, but yeah. I don't know. I just uh, who who knows? I think we're it's probably the closest in terms of quality we've been to Germany since back in like 2000, 2001, when Germany yeah. just weren't very good. <laughs> to be honest, right. we were probably better than them at that point. Um, so I think it's pretty close, but again, you know, they're a good team, experienced players. It, it all depends. I think if 
if one of our players turns up and puts on a really good performance in the way that like Calvin Phillips did against Croatia right. or Saka against the uh, Czech Republic, um, you know, if someone just light, lights it up, we could win. If they don't, it could be another Scotland, uh, you know, nil-nil. <laughs> <laughs> That's almost what I'm expecting, another kind of Scotland game. Like England have been very consistent in this tournament, not necessarily performance-wise, but <laughs> they still haven't conceded a goal. Yeah. Um, they've only scored twice in three games, whereas Germany are rubbish against Hungary, obliterated Portugal, kind of had a, a an iffy performance against France. Like you don't know what Germany's going to turn up. Mm. So I mean, it's 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 predictable on one side and unpredictable on the other. Um, That's it. Por- Portugal didn't look good, uh, and France, uh, well, not looking great at the moment. No, um, I, funnily enough, have Switzerland are one of my teams, so I'm happy to see them win it. Nice. Um, I actually missed the goal. I didn't see the goal. but um, Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to England-Germany tomorrow. Um, England-Germany both are my teams, so I'm kind of, you know, I don't really have a preference. Obviously, cheering for England because of this podcast, yeah. but then I do have my Germany jersey, oh. so I'm a little bit, what, what, what I do? Well, I'll let the best team win. You know, and then yeah. go on to play Sweden or Ukraine, and then and Czech Republic or Denmark. Hopefully, yeah. I tell you what, if England beat Germany, I think they'll be in the final. Yeah, which I, is which will be the furthest they'll have gotten since '66 in a major yeah, tournament, right? Yeah, yeah. First final since then, and then oh, the 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 wave of nostalgia on TV and the ITV and BBC coverage will be. Absolutely impossible for me to take, <laughs> tolerate. They think it's all over. It is now. You'll just be hearing that constantly. And then hopefully Switzerland in the final. Oh, it could be. Although, Jesus, that, that other side of the bracket is looking fairly nifty. Uh, Italy, Spain, Belgium, and then the winner of this one, which at the moment is Switzerland. Um, yeah, Portugal crashed out, as we mentioned as well, to Belgium, which was uh, on yesterday during our normal podcasting hours. Mm. And I was thinking, good thing we're doing it on Monday, because I want to watch that Belgian-Portugal game. That turned out the game wasn't actually that Ooh, interesting. It <laughs> was a bit boring. Um, and then uh, Denmark, the, the comeback kings. They're the real story of this tournament, I feel, Denmark. Mm. Um after what happened in that first game with Christian Eriksen having the heart attack on the pitch, they have had this like amazing resurgence, um, absolutely annihilated Russia. And then uh, who did they play? It wasn't no, not Czech. Czech Republic was Netherlands. Who who played? Who did Bel- Bel- uh, Denmark beat in the round of sixteen? Wales. Wales. Ah, Wales were atrocious in that game. Yeah. Wales, nothing. Another four, four nil drubbing. Um. So yeah. So, uh, England, Germany. As we said, we have Italy, who themselves were had a bit of a stumble against Austria. Italy, Belgium. I reckon Belgium will just about have enough to beat them. Although it looks like Hazard and De Bruyne are going to miss that game. Yeah, that's interesting. I think without them, that's a real. uh, It could be really difficult. They were both very good against Portugal. To be fair, they're two of the best players. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's funny because a lot of teams you you would consider the favourites have just so far about eked their way through mm. the round of sixteen. 
Um, and if France do it here, it'll be the same story. Like Spain, extra time. Italy, very lucky to beat Austria. Um, Belgium just about hung on to beat Portugal. Bit dodgy. But anyway, football's been uh, exciting, if nothing else. That Spain game earlier was great. First yeah. eight-goal game in the tournament. Phenomenal. First, first eight goal game since in 19- any tournament, right? <laughs> in, in, since 1960 in the Euros. In the Euros. Yeah. Okay. It's amazing. And Spain were the first team to score five goals in two consecutive games. Yeah, it's very good for them. Yeah. Uh, so England Germany tomorrow. We'll be talking about that. Uh, oh, we won't be talking about that next week because uh, I'll potentially be doing a solo show next week. Barry and Joe will be away. Yeah. But I'll talk about it. I'll review it. It'll be fine. Actually, I forgot to mention the, the reason we're away is that we're going to Manchester for the weekend. Ooh. Um, on a little weekend away. You can have a little pikelet. Ooh, that'd be nice. Um, yeah, so we, we, I was supposed to be going on a company, like, away day retreat type thing. Right. And then Michelle and I were like, well, let's go after that. That was supposed to be in York, up in, up in Yorkshire. Right. Um, and after that, we were like, well, let's, you know, while I'm up there, why don't you come and meet me and we'll spend the weekend there. The work trip was cancelled because of the COVID restrictions being extended. But we said, sod it, let's go to Manchester anyway. So we're doing that and we're going to um, do the tour, Old Trafford tour. Oh, that's great. Saturday. And then National Football Museum on the Sunday. So it's going to be very football heavy uh, weekend. Yeah. watching the quarterfinals in our hotel room as well <laughs> it's just gonna be football but yeah so that's very right so looking forward to that oh, that's nice i've been to manchester um to old trafford old trafford obviously but never done the tour of the stadium just watched the game um and only the once i've only one time been over there do you not go to the national football museum uh, only real fans like me went to that, I guess. Oh, um, you son of a bitch. <laughs> um, yeah, so possibly a, a solo all show next week. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll do like something. I'll think, I'll think of something. I'll think of something to do. It's going to be um, longer than usual. Two and a half hours. <laughs> Two and a half hour deep dive on the <laughs> Fast and Furious saga. Uh, yeah, I am... I am Jetting off, as I mentioned, to Dublin. Misses, we're going to get some massages in a fancy Dublin spa. I'd love a massage. Yeah, I've, I've missed them greatly in the no-touched periods. Um, anyway, but don't worry about that, folks, because right now we've got more classic CSP. All the lads are here. Uh, <laughs> why don't you, Paul, talk us yeah. through this week's Music Guff? Yeah, Music Guff is really cementing its place on the podcast here. I've been listening to a lot of new mm. music. Um, continuing on the trend of last week, uh, picking artists that sound a bit like my name. Uh, last week I did Polo G Hall of Fame, which was uh, an album that I did give a recommendation to particularly the first half of it. This week, uh, I chose Griff, uh, One Foot in Front of the Other, which is uh, more of an EP than an album. It's only about 20, 25 minutes long. Uh, I think it's it's defi- it's called a mixtape on Wikipedia rather than an EP or an album. But uh, mm. yeah, Griff, a name I'd never heard before. I don't know if either of you two have ever heard of Griff. No. no. Um, but I was surprised after having listened to uh the album to uh to see griff pop up on mtv uh in the charts 
Um, because I obviously go into these albums knowing very little about the groups and how well known or not they are, only based on the like number of listens that they have. But then the albums themselves have very few listens because they're just released most of the time. Um, but to explain Griff, uh, Griff is a uh, female singer songwriter of the pop vari- variety. Um, I would say along the kind of Zara Larson in that kind of sphere, if you know what I mean. Um, with one caveat, Griff is half Chinese, half Jamaican, Ooh. which is about as uh, exotic as it gets um, in terms of being a, a UK music star. Um, one of the tracks sounds very like the somebody that you used to know. Mm. Okay. Um, it, musically, it sounds like that, obviously, with a, a female singer over the top of it. So it's that kind of music. Um, what I did this time, rather than what I normally do, is I just listened to the album a few times through with no, like, not marking any songs as liked or not liked. So I just put it on, put my phone away, and just let it kind of wash over me a few times before actually paying attention to the song titles and stuff like that. Mm. Um. And I think I, there's like maybe seven tracks on it, and six of them at least I marked liked. So it was a very, Ooh. very positive uh, experience. Um, not, it's not very, it's not like very hip hop oriented. So it's not, you know, it doesn't have like hip hoppy sounds or, or or beats. It's very bordering on like pop indie almost. Um, although it does have like you know synthesizers and stuff like that. It's not all acoustic guitars but it's it there's no kind of like bass drums to it or it's all kind Mm. of very light music but um lyrically very good the lyrics touch on a lot of subjects like um you know picking yourself up off the ground and you know going on with things uh, when things are bad and and illness and uh, yeah i was very impressed with it i thought it was very very good listen um and that's Griff. I, I forget what her real name is. I'll look it up here. It's no, not no, good. It, spoil the magic. It is sadly not Griffin. No. It's Griffith. Griffiths, I believe. Boo. Um, one foot in front of the other. Uh, Griff. What is your real name? Ah, can't find it. But anyway. Um, oh, here we go. Wait. Sarah Faith Griffiths oh. is her name. It's not as good. Nah. Uh, not as good, but Griff. Griff. I thought Griff was a quite a good, um, abrasive like... name for a, a half Chinese, half Jamaican pop starlet. Griffith isn't a very good. Uh, no, cool the the N variety is much better, obviously. Yeah, but um, yeah, I would give it a big big recommendation. I thought it was really listenable, really really good. Um, as I always do, I'll give you one track in particular that oh, was right. my favorite, uh, and that track was called Walk. Uh, walk by Griff. And just to confirm that Griff, she does in fact write all the songs herself. Nice. Uh, I also listened to some other stuff in the week. I listened to um, an EP that came out earlier this year by Serge Tankian, who was the uh, lead singer of System of a Down. He put out a new EP called Elasticity, um, which was uh, kind of middling. It's not one that I would recommend to people unless you're a like big Tankian fan. And then even I, I am, I would just consider myself and I still thought it was pretty weak. Um, he has this tendency to uh, 
overuse specific words when writing the lyrics in, in a very bad way. Like his lyrics are, are pretty atrocious. Okay. And it, it'll always be like overly political, but in a dumb way. So it'd be <laughs> oh, about the aristocracy, the, the, the democracy, the, 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 the theocracy. Oh, blah, 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 blah. We didn't start the fire. Yeah, but it's, 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 it's like this guy is like nearly 50 years old. And it, oh. it, it, it comes off like a 14-year-old wrote the lyrics. Like abysmal. Blah, 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 sitting here eating a Frito. What's up with the President Cheeto? You know. Oh, very. That, those lyrics were legitimately better than what's in the <laughs> um, And then I also listened to a new new release from Serge Tankian, uh, Disarming Time, a modern piano concerto. Yes, the lead singer of Ooh. System of a Down brought out a piano concerto, a 24-minute long um, composition, a piece, if you want to call it that. I do. Um Beethoven he is not exactly it's very basic um some parts of it actually remind me quite a lot of um other songs of his like it just feels like he's lifted those sounds and plopped them in the middle of this medley uh, other parts of it sound like uh, music from the legend of zelda video games which of course i enjoy but uh, and this is a low benchmark his music is not as interesting as the video game music from right. from the early nineties. So, like, I'm like, oh, this would this sounds like the Zelda music, but not as interesting. Um, so, I am I I don't sound like a fan of his. I am a fan of his, but um, these two releases I would give the thumbs down and the non recommendation to. Uh, and then finally, I have a single which came out just the other day uh, called Cindy by. Chad I. Ginsberg, or Sig, as he goes as as well, who's the guitarist from CKY. Uh, he puts out some solo music, uh, and he put out, like I said, this new single called Cindy. It's for some reason not on Spotify yet. It's on YouTube and Bandcamp, and it's fucking great. It doesn't sound anything like CKY. It's very um, synth-heavy and very almost has kind of a country vocal sound to it, but it's great, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And that's all the music I listened to this week, and coming up next week, is another hip hop album. I'll say no more than that. It's it's nice. Um, like so far in the kind of reborn music off, I've listened to like Wolf Alice, Polo G, Griff, three artists, three albums that I would usually have never found, never listened to. So, uh, big thumbs up to Spotify and their new releases section because every album I've listened to so far, I've, I've a majority I've liked. For for all the all the ups and downs and and uh, positives and negatives of Spotify, I think it's a tremendous app for discovery. I think it's yeah, hundred percent excellent, excellent. Especially someone like me, I don't read music magazines or follow blogs or tweet Twitter people no. who are in. It's, it's one of the things. It's always been a blind spot for me, and it is fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's, it's nice. Yeah. It's like it's like with movies where sometimes it's better going in blind. It's it's like that with album. I I started listening to an album. I don't know what genre it is. I just listen to it, and yeah, sometimes I enjoy it. Um. Yeah, so they are they are great. I've been listening to some some tones this week. Go for it. Uh, some Irish hippity hop. Um, I can I think I saw an ad for this first chap, and I've kind of been interested a little bit more in in Irish rap lately because there's a little there is a little scene here and it's it's pretty decent, especially in Limerick. Limerick has quite a few uh, respectable rappers. So I checked out a few songs by a chap by the name of Cello, or maybe even, I think he pronounces it Cello. S e double l o Dublin based rapper. Cello. Uh, yeah, basically, yeah, more or less. 
Uh, really good, yeah. Really, really. He's got a kind of a little bit, a kind of UK grimy kind of influenced sound. Yeah. Uh, really top quality production, like really, really impressive. Uh, just listen to a couple of his songs uh, off the top of my head. Osquelga and Dublin are, are two great ones. Uh, so thoroughly enjoyed those. Uh, the other, and this is, I mean, I've, I've been a fan for a, a teensy while, not very long, but I did then also listen to, uh, I think it was last week, two weeks ago, last week, uh, Limerick's own Denise Chyla put out a new song, 061, which is really great. And she's kind of blowing up in her own little way um, uh, as well at the moment. So she's really, really good. Um, that was actually my girlfriend put me on to her. I'm saying that because I know for a fact she listened to this and then, Say to me that I shouldn't pass off that I knew who Denise Chyla was before I started going out with her. So I'll make that known on air right now. That was a, uh, a recommendation. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I, and I think there's actually, speaking of Spotify, I think um, they have they've some pretty good, they have Irish hip hop like playlists and curation and stuff like that. That's <laughs> uh, uh, pretty, pretty well developed. So yeah, Cello and, and, and Denise Chyla, two big thumbs up from. Yeah. Uh, from I think I saw Denise Chyla on the Late Late Show a few weeks ago. Actually, now that yeah, it. yeah, she's um she's really she's really doing well. It was kind of uh, spoken wordy. Yeah, she has a kind of like um uh, the beats are a little funkier, and yeah, it's not you know super fast kind of yeah uh, rap like a, like I don't know like Megan The Stallion or something like that. It is more spoken wordy. Yeah, yeah. it's great, really great, really really interesting sound. Um, yeah, that's that's music off for me. There was a big big enough release. Well, not even big enough, but quite a big release. Uh, I didn't listen to Tyler, the creator's new album yet. Um, that was one of the options for me to check out. Um, and I turned it down. Oh, too, too mainstream <laughs> for you. You wanted to listen little to bit, little bit. I I want to be able to recommend to people music that they wouldn't have checked out. Kind of like right. That. I mean, that was the album. Literally, everyone was listening to this week. So you know, um, except for us, evidently. No, um, Griff took that. Griff took spot. that uh, spot. Uh, why don't we segue here into uh, the telly goff? Yes. Um, no new telly on my end. What about you boys? Uh, yeah, the uh, the return of RuPaul to my screen. Um, just to close out Pride Month, we obviously didn't mention Pride Month at all on this podcast, but um, every, every month is Pride Month. I, yeah, I think if you. Can if you want to read between the lines into how much RuPaul gets talked about on this podcast, <laughs> you could probably <laughs> assume that we are supportive of the uh, the queer community. Um, I saw Barry as well. You you tweeted that you had uh, donated your Twitch money to a, a oh, yeah, charity adjacent that, which I yeah big thumbs up obviously for that. Um, but yeah, RuPaul is back with his cohort. Of uh, of drag queens, uh, with RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars season six, which is uh, new to Netflix on our shores, mm. and I think it's on Paramount Plus in the US. Mm. Uh, All Stars, just to give a quick summary, is uh, when they get people back from the the main series, people who didn't win their series usually, uh, for a kind of a best of series, and they have their own competition and. Uh, the winner goes into their WWE-like uh, non-existent Hall of Fame. <laughs> um, and it has, it has different rules to the main series, which is quite fun. Whereas the main series is very kind of straightforward, where every week you have a winner, and then the two worst ones lip-sync, and the loser goes home, right? Here it's more kind of voting-based, so there's a lot of 
playing the game while the competition is going on, you know, building alliances so you don't get voted off and stuff like that. So it's another layer on top of the usual drag race uh, cake. And yeah, they got a good little um, good little selection of drag queens on this season. I think last season um, there was one drag queen on it called Shea Coulee who was like, it was as if you were having, um, you know, a wrestling, like best wrestler reality show right. and you had like, I obviously won't name any bad wrestlers, but you had like nine bad wrestlers and then Shawn Michaels. <laughs> and it was the, 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 that where you, <clears throat> Shea Coulee walked in and all the other ones were like, oh, shit. <laughs> And then Chocolat ended up winning. So it was a little bit um, obvious what was going to happen. This one, I think it's anyone's game. So I'm I'm very much enjoying it. Um, not watching anything else. I'm, I'm still making my uh, way through Lost Season 4's special features before we start Season 5. Um, which is great because one of the special features on it is, are these like um, video podcasts that they put out between Seasons oh, yeah. 3 and 4, I want to say. Um, which are like like little snippets they're almost like deleted scenes but they weren't made as deleted scenes they were or they weren't like cut from the show they were specifically made yeah. to be released in this format so i'm just happy like to have the the physical releases because you can't watch them on disney plus like yeah so it's just, like this extra little um lore or this extra little um you know uh content c- canon like yeah um that. It doesn't a, add anything if you don't watch it, but if you watch it, you get a little bit more insight into. Oh, that's what happened at this time. Oh. Such a such a weird little, very specifically like early two thousands, mid two thousands, I guess, like webisodes, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like they would they would inevitably end up on the DVD, and they're like five minutes each with about two hundred quid for a budget. Um, yeah. And and again, yeah, it's just something for the fans. Back in the day, it would have been go onto the website and fire up you know real player actually that's probably too far back but you know it, it's it, that that kind of vibe and it's yeah weird little tidbits like that that absolutely do not get translated over into the um the streaming age no it's it's just great i love it I, it made me think of like remember video podcasts yeah you'd get a little mp4 on your your ipod anyway that's all i've been watching this week i believe and get us i forgot something but i don't remember what that would be no telly for you joe no, just the old uh, Fringe and Thirty Rock. Lovely. Continuing that. So, yeah. Oh, I was talking about Fringe for about an hour the other day. <laughs> how much I love it. <laughs> Are you still in the early days? Are you still in season? Oh yeah, I'm still in the first or ten, ten or so episodes. Been yeah, yeah. through it. There's yeah. some big, big guest stars in it though. I can't remember who was in it the other day. But someone really, really big. Yeah. yeah. Is John, John Noble showed up in that? Yeah. Uh, wait, which one's John Noble? Walter Bishop. Which one's Walter Bishop? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's in the first episode, right? All right. He, yeah, he's um, he's from Dawson Creek's father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's my favorite thing about the show. He's just so fucking good. He's one of those actors that's just like, oh, this show is good, but the fact that he's in it brings it up to here, you know? Yeah, he's funny. He's very funny. Oh, he's so good. So good. I, uh, I I'd mentioned just on the subject of your you know, the stuff we've already talked about, the background stuff you watched throughout the week. I mentioned how kind of like we still have got Simpsons ticking away on Disney. Yeah. And, that, and now we're into the completely unwatchables, you know. <laughs> and also, like at the moment, we also, another kind of background while we're cleaning or whatever, Friends. And, you yeah. know, Friends, obviously, we've talked on this podcast before. You can relitigate it and maybe it wasn't as good as people thought, whatever. Fair enough. I still have a, a little bit of a soft spot for it. Fuck, the last two seasons are fucking terrible. 
They're so bad. They're so, so bad. Mm-hmm. They have, like, I, I, I only recently learned of the term uh, flanderization to refer to when a character becomes completely over-the-top s- satire of themselves. Um, you know, okay. the early, yeah. early Simpsons Flanders, he's kind of like a really well-done caricature of that perfect neighbor who, who has everything better than you and is really mm-hmm. nice and you hate him. And then in the newer seasons, he's, oh, damn, the, Rod, time to shove this crucifix up your fucking arse and, and <laughs> like, just completely, absolutely absurd, you know. But that bit of phraseology that should absolutely be named after a friend's character because the last the, the last two seasons they are just so mentally one-dimensional and just so mm. fucking insanely annoying they're all and it's like this thing that like people say oh you know like ross is like actually this really annoying character like by, by the last season they're all so fucking infuriating and just so completely just i'm the i'm the shrill cleaning lady i'm the idiot i'm the neurotic fucking hippie girl i'm the the dickhead toxic male like they're, they're just so and there's nothing else there and it's really really terrible so there's a there's a hot take from 2004 <laughs> um, one thing I nearly forgot, actually, just as I was talking, uh, has anyone seen the new Rick and Morty? I haven't yet. I haven't seen it. It was very good. It was very. By good. the time I... I got to YouTube, they had geolocked it. What was up with that? Yeah, they put it up for free. I checked it in the morning. I was like, they put it up for free. I can watch it, and I started to watch it. I was like, no, it's perfect. We'll we'll watch it after work. By the time the end of work, someone had obviously twigged their error and fixed it. I was raging. I know. Um, so I still haven't seen it yet. Uh, it's good. I I I, I had my rough top made. I, I I don't know if I'd say it's like this, uh, you know, in, in the top tier. I think, but it was it was very very funny. I I was laughing quite a bit. Um, it's on all four on this side of the world, and they are getting it. They're getting it the day after, so it's on Sunday nights. It's on yeah. Channel Four at ten tonight. So. Well, I'll watch it on all four. So. Yeah, not no, no, not too much of a delay, which is good. Um, yeah, so thumbs up on that. Uh, off to a good. That's start. so much better than how it used to be. Like Americans won't understand this but we used to like the fact that we get the show the day after now it used Mm. to be you know lost with air yeah well even like further back but at at a time where which wasn't that long ago you Mm. would get like lost or fringe would air Mm. on whatever night say monday night and we get it like the following sunday yeah and it would just encourage you to pirate it (laughs) because you're like no i don't wait six days to watch it and i think i think it was like it was so like they did make an effort. I remember. I think on for twenty four. I think the finale. I think they. I think they put it like day and day or something like that. Like right. the next day, they did a special presentation on Sky. I think because yeah, it was so notorious. And it's it's even still kind of prevalent in the streaming era. I remember last season of Rick and Morty, Netflix had the rights, and I don't know what way they negotiated things, but they they were um, a week behind. And I was like, in, t- in 2019 or whatever the fuck it is, you're, you're like, you're asking the streaming internet savvy audience who use your service to wait a week to watch this very trendy, popular show with young people, especially. Like, yeah. well, how on earth could you possibly think that was not going to drive people to to pirate it? Um, yeah, so we've, we've been dealing with that for years. I think the only, the only, it very rarely happens the other way as well. Like, I think normal people was about six months behind in the States or something like that. Exactly. Generally, That's the, the problem, right? But generally speaking, because so much comes from over there that they get it first. But, yeah, um, but it's not like they have to fly the, the, the real canisters over anymore, no. Yeah. Um, anyway, that is the uh, that is the telly guff. We will segue over to the movie guff. Paul, what did you see in, the, in your grand return to the theater? F9, the fast saga. 
the tenth Fast and Furious film, and I've seen them all. <laughs> um, I've I went into this not blind because obviously I knew cars were going to be driven. Vin Diesel was going to go. It's all about family. Um, <laughs> these are things that are going to happen. Okay, but uh, I went in not having seen a trailer for it. Uh, and also, I went in not knowing what the feedback from audience or Rotten Tomatoes or critics were. I had no idea. No idea how it was received. Um, I would consider myself a fan of the series. Okay. I think at least, like, if you consider only the core previous eight, let's say, not discounting this one because I haven't seen it yet, and discounting Hobbs and Shaw, which is more of a spinoff, I would say, like, four of the eight are, like, very good. Um, certainly three. Uh, I think five, five, six, and seven are a great little action trilogy. Everything before that is more like originally it was just a, a street racing movie. It wasn't the highest movie at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't really become that until like four, maybe Tokyo Drift, but more so four. Uh, and then I thought eight was like abysmal, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. I didn't like eight at all. Um, because they took specifically uh, Jason Statham, who is the villain in the seventh film and is the best singular thing about the entire series. They turned him into like a goofy anti-hero in eight, and it didn't work at all. It was fucking bad. Mm-hmm. So I went into nine thinking, okay, either this is going to be a return to form, because Justin Lin, who directed, I think, up to certainly five, six, um, he was like returning to do nine, his first one in a while. Um, so I was thinking, okay, we could have a return to form, or given that it's following eight, which I didn't like at all, it might be kind of another, another uh, turn down the wrong road. Uh, happily, I thought it was pretty great. Um, I had a really fun time with it. It is long, but I didn't feel like it was flabby at all. I thought everything that happened in it was uh, justified and justified the runtime. I thought the action was suitably entertaining and crazy. Uh, these movies are a little bit like the Legend of Zelda games in that every movie has like a specific gimmick in it. Mm. Um, in eight, for example, there was like the submarine and there was a lot of underwater activity. Um, uh, in seven, you had uh, Jason Statham was almost the gimmick. He was like the super villain. Six, you had Luke Evans with a, a car that kind of flipped over and if it flipped over, it could continue driving. So there's always a, like a little gimmick to it. This one definitely has that, which I won't spoil. Um, but it made for really entertaining and visual stunts uh, in a way that kind of reminded me of like Tenet. Uh, it, there's no backwards going in the film, by the way. but just the fact that it, like the the visuals were very grand and very uh, conceptual and very well done. So, um, like, if you go if you go into Fast and Furious expecting, like, I want to see exciting car chases, fucking cars going through the air, a, a car fly off and go through a helicopter and land in a building or something. Like, this is the movie we're going to get. A lot of the feedback I've seen from people who were kind of more middling on it were like, mm, well, in mm, in Fast Five, uh, well, there's, like I don't fucking remember what happened in Fast Five, really. Fuck Fast. I don't really remember. Like all those movies kind of blur together for me. So while I'm a fan, I'm not like a super fan. I I don't really remember stunts from individual movies or mm-hmm. character motivations from mm-hmm. individual movies. I like I'm the kind of fan that's like I know The Rock was in Five. 
and they they kind of drag the safe around at the end of it. I know the I know the Rock was in six with Luke Evans in the flippy car. Seven was Jason Statham, and the Rock bursts the cast off his arm and goes, "Daddy's got to go to work." <laughs> that, that's like all I know about the films. So I didn't have this expectation that the film would kind of fit seamlessly in with the other ones. Um, and I understand that there is a character who is in this film who's kind of been all over the marketing for it, which kind of spoils the surprise of them being in it. But that was kind of the fact that that character, how they kind of explain away how he's like back in the, in the series is, is very kind of throwaway. And they're like, oh, don't fucking worry about it. It doesn't matter. But overall, as a singular watching experience, I thought it was really fun. I thought it was really good. Um, I think I went an eight on it on Letterboxd. And I, I don't know how much of that was just the fact that it was my first like movie trip in nearly a year with big popcorn, big Coke. But um, it was really fun. I thought it was really fun. And John Cena is really good in it. I've heard people saying like, oh, well, he's bland. He's just not. I don't think so. I thought his performance had like subtle shades to it. I didn't think he was bland at all. I thought he people was. People don't seem to like the John Cena in general. I thought it was good. I thought it was really good. A lot, of, a lot of reviews are like, "Oh, he's not very good in this, and he's not very good in general." I'm like, well, I think he was. I think he's been. In, I think he's been pretty. I, I liked him in um, fucking Bumblebee. I thought he was really good. Good in Bumblebee. Good in Blockers. Blockers. He does comedy very well. I, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe we're just a light touch for Owl, Owl John. But. I well, I don't know if if people were judging him too harshly or what. But when you put John Cena up against Vin Diesel, I think it's hard for yeah. John Cena not to come off well. You know. Yeah, I see. Um, Vin Diesel, who at one point in this film was dressed, I shit you not, in a white sweatshirt, boot cut jeans, and Timberland boots. Oh, like yes. it was 2002 <laughs> all over again. It always is to him. It um, always is to him. No, I thought John Cena was perfectly good in it. Um, and I, I would give the movie a recommendation. I thought it was very good. I also watched Spaceballs. I have a nice Blu-ray copy of it. Um, I never watched Spaceballs. It's one of those movies that I, I assume everyone in the world has seen and I, I'm late. Yeah. Um, I love Blazing Saddles. Uh, I watched Young Frankenstein recently. Didn't really like it. Thought it was too slow. Uh, I think Spaceballs is very good. Um, I think it it's funny, but also it works as its own Star Wars type adventure. Um, fair enough. It's um, it's very silly and and it's just ultimately a parody of Star Wars. But I think even without the jokes, I think the characters and the story and all that works. And then the jokes on top are, you know, the cherry on the uh, again on top of the cake. Um, but no, I I thought and, and also the fact that Rick Moranis and Bill Pullman are in it is like a, a pretty good cast to yeah. kind of put your parody film on. So I would say overall, I, I I did like. I didn't think it was necessarily as good as maybe your Blazing Saddles, but I thought it was far better than uh, Young Frankenstein. And the fast pace of it le- at, kind of lended itself to me enjoying it more. So I'd give a thumbs up on that as well, which is good because I already own it on Blu-ray. So if I didn't like it, it would be a waste of money. And that's mm-hmm. all I watched. Speaking of Mel, Mel Brooks, um, I finally got around to seeing uh, the original version of The Producers. Ah, it's Mel Brooks Week on CSP. Mel Brooks Week. Uh, yeah, The Producers with um, Gene Wilder and many other people who... Oh, shit. Um, yeah, <laughs> what was I saying? Gene Wilder and lots of other people. It's, yeah. it's, it's a very strange movie. 
it wasn't quite what I was expecting because obviously I'm, I'm quite familiar with the plot. You know, it's two theatre producers who try right. to deliberately put on a flop so that they can con their investors out of out of the money they've invested. Um, uh, and, and it went on to become, you know, a huge stage show. And they did the remake with Broderick and uh, Nathan Lane. Um, but yes, yeah, a very weird movie. It's quite different from his other, the other movies you just mentioned, you know, which right. are quite, although they have, they have, they're strange, they're slightly surreal, but they are, you know, comedies. They have, they have jokes in, whereas the producers, it's just very weird. There's lots of shouting and screaming and just quite odd characters and stuff. So it was still quite enjoyable, but yeah, it wasn't, um, wasn't quite the classic I was expecting in terms of right. you know, Brooks movies, but uh, yeah, I did. I did enjoy it, and, uh, especially since it's been remade since. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a strange one of all of his movies to become the big mainstream sort of mm. adaptation. I wouldn't have, yeah, you wouldn't have picked that one. Uh, watching it back, but yeah, good, good movie. Uh, I'm glad I finally got to watch it because I, I've been trying to watch it for years, but I could never find it. Even going back to like the Love Film, you know, DVD by post. Yeah days uh you can never get it i could never get it on torrents or anything uh so finally just happened to see it on bbc and what what year did that come out 67 it's it's... funny you you mention films that are kind of hard to find i bought two dvds this week in Mm -hmm. a in a charity shop that i would consider i don't know if they're actually hard to find but they're just that i haven't seen in like even back in like the um HMV days. Obviously, HMV still exists in the UK. But we don't have HMV over, anymore over here. Yeah. But like films that I would have seen in maybe my early teens that I just had, fell off the face of the earth, but I found them. I bought um, Evolution with Sean William Scott. Oh. Anybody, does anybody remember that film? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bought that on DVD this week. I was wondering what you were going to say. I, wasn't, I don't think I've thought about Evolution in about 20 years. <laughs> exactly. And I bought uh, a film called The Matador with Pierce Brosnan in it. Similarly, I've never heard of that. Yeah, oh, yeah. So I found some nice little uh, hidden gems on the old charity shop run. I also bought um, Dracula with uh, uh, Gary Oldman and uh, Keanu Reeves, the Francis Ford Coppola one. They just did uh, a, uh, a review on it on uh, Red Letter mm. Media, and luckily I found that I've never seen it, so I said, "Oh, I'll buy that and check it out." So I have that there up there as well. Anyway, that's all the films I watched. Sorry, Joe. Please continue. That was it. Okay. Barry, tell us about Sausage Party and Diet here. Which is- oh, <laughs> Speaking of uh, legendary comedies. Um, this, like, I can't remember what our, our mindset was to watch this. We just got, we got in and we we're like, hey, let's just stick on something stupid. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I'm going to quickly first- look up my list of that year to see where Sausage Party It placed. must have been near the bottom. It must what have been What year is Sausage Party? Is it 20? 17? 16, 17? 17. Okay. Um, so, like, I always said, like, let's watch something dumb. I remember it, it had just popped up on Prime, so it was just fresh in my mind. And I was like, this stupid Seth Rogen comedy, whatever, we'll yeah. stick it on and it's going to be whatever. And I knew, I knew ahead of time that I don't think I knew anyone who liked it. I also knew ahead of time, I was like, I, I remember the first time they debuted it, I was like, this absolutely does not have, there's not enough material here for a film. This should have been a parody trailer on YouTube. Do you know what I mean? This is like, this is a 90 second gag. I don't know how they're going to stretch it out to 90 minutes. But I was like, whatever. Like, okay, it probably won't be that good. Yeah. Um, so just to confirm, I have it here in front of me, right? It is 2016. I saw 45 2016 releases 
And Sausage Party placed at number 41. <laughs> uh, th- there were four films that I ranked lower than Sausage Party before I let you set your review, Barry. I'll tell you quickly what they were, right? Uh, at number 42 was My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2. Oh, my God. I can't believe you even watched that. Uh, number 43, The Secret Life of Pets, starring yeah. renowned diddler Louis C.K. <laughs> at number 44... Uh, Inferno, the third Dan Brown uh, adaptation oh, by Ron Howard. God, I don't even. I don't think I've ever even heard of that. Yeah, and then at number forty-five, one of the worst films I have ever seen: uh, Robert De Niro and Zac Efron in Dirty Grandpa. Ah, of course, frequently referenced on this show. Yeah, so uh, Society made it to number forty-one. Well, I mean, forty-one is still obviously pitiful, and I can completely yes. understand why. <laughs> so I went in expecting a a, a dumb. You know, cartoon movie where they say the naughty words. Oh my god! Um, and first of all, my initial premise was correct. There is nothing there beyond the the scene they show in the trailer, which is oh my god, we've been bought. It's like the Toy Story thing. The claw, they've picked us. How fantastic! And then she starts peeling the spot, and he's screaming and going, "Oh my fucking god, my skin!" And it's like, hey, all right, I get it. That's funny. Um, there's nothing else beyond that. Everything else is so it's so painfully one draft. I mean, it really just feels kind of like. There's an intro song to establish the lore of what the world is and how the food and all the items in the shop think that that getting picked by a shopper is like going to heaven. Mm-hmm. And the and it's first of all, it's a shitty sounding song. The lyrics are painful. It's kind of they're literally just doing exposition, but saying "fucking we're in the fucking shop, shit cunt tits." I'm like, oh my <laughs> god, it's just brutal straight away. Um, Every single and, and and most of the humor is just that, and it's not even. You can kind of make that stuff work if you have tremendous delivery. They don't have tremendous delivery. They don't have great. Like I remember seeing the credits, all the voice actors. Like it's actually really good eclectic cast. I'm like, what were you all doing? Did you show up for twenty minutes? Fucking shit out your little performances and then go home. It's the most phoned in, phoned in writing, phoned in uh, uh, delivery, and the animation. This film is fucking hideous. It's so so ugly. First of all, it was 2016. It looks like mid early 2000s at best. I mean, it's 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 all lacking detail, no real lighting. It looks it looks shitty. There's no there's no clever like um uh, like you might think. Oh, they'll have a, a clever parody, you know, Coca Cola logo, a parody, you know, Twinkie or whatever, or, or they don't. Like you see much better examples of that type of thing in like Grand Theft Auto, which is not exactly a high bar because their stuff is pretty much just turning everything into a compound. But, but even still, their kind of their creativity with how they even do the graphics was better. Um, just fucking terrible. And they have like, as you would expect, of course, um, all the food types are you know ethnic stereotypes, which you kind of expected that. I mean, there's no way they weren't gonna have a fucking you know meatball man who talked like Super Mario. Well, that's fair enough. I knew you were gonna do Italian meatball. I don't know why. <laughs> that was the exact example that came to my mind. <laughs> But it's like they have like um, uh, like a, a tortilla to represent like uh, an Arab character, and they have uh, a bagel to represent a Jewish character, and oh, they do a bit early on, which is like we don't like each other. And I was like, oh god, don't, don't fucking do this, please, don't do this sausage party. Um, and not only do they do it, that's like one of the few subplots of the film. Like they have the general plot, which is very Toy Story esque. Like the, the the sausage wants to fuck the hot dog bun, but they get separated. 
that's it and then they have a separate sausage character who who goes to the kitchen scene and sees the horror that the humans are doing and he needs to try and get back to them that's the basic plot and then there's not much else underneath it there's then a subplot where yeah with those two characters and like to say it is an allegory for gaza is giving it way too much credit because they're literally just they're just saying that they're just they're just recapping that but instead of saying gaza they say my aisle is there not enough room on our aisle for both of us because at one point they even use like no you guys you guys stay on the west bank of our aisle i'm like seth rogan do you know what a euphemism is do you know what a metaphor is you can't just say um you can't just say um i'm from um the democratic shop oh no i'm from the republican store we don't get along i'm like no you have to do better than that you have to put a little bit more juice into the into the into the euphemism you can't just say the west bank of the of the bread aisle you fucking idiot um so there's that it's completely tortuous and it's like again it's all just it's also it has a very um kind of dim-witted kind of uh i'm super smart south park viewer air of kind of um if you if you kind of have any belief you're fucking stupid why don't we just be cool man like just don't care about things it has that kind of vibe about it um but it's fucking painful i mean it's so fucking bad it's so and i couldn't believe that it wasn't worse reviewed i, I was looking through that box and only you and i paul were basically in alignment now nobody I, I knew liked it but everyone yeah. was kind of way more generous i was like oh my god this was torturous i paused it halfway through to to um I can't remember what I was, but getting a drink or something like that. And I and when I paused it and the time came up and it was only halfway finished, I was like, you're fucking messing. There's no <laughs> way. This and it's only 90 minutes. Like, it's not long, but it felt it. Ah, absolutely torturous. It's so, so bad. The only thing, I mean, so it ends in a kind of a funny, kind of like infamous kind of scene where uh, the, the, the food to celebrate, they all, they all fuck each other and they have a big food orgy. And it's kind of like, um, uh, <laughs> they're like having they're trying to do as explicit a load of sex acts as they can possibly do with the caveat of we can get away with it because it's shitty little CGI food. It doesn't look it even, it doesn't even look like the food it's supposed to look like. So, so we can get away with it. Like that's like, you know, I was like, okay, that's fair enough, but that's, uh, that's amusing enough just based on the idea, but it also goes on too long. And like I said, the food all looks like shit. Like it all looks terrible. Um, so even, even the few amusing things about it are just constantly compromised by going too long or, or you're just looking at it going, this looks terrible. Yeah. That was the worst decision I've ever fucking made to try and watch it, uh, a, a, a movie to just relax and watch something dumb. Um, so yeah, that is soft yeah. party. Absolutely fucking terrible. Um, so I watched that, uh, I mentioned earlier, I went back to the cinema. I saw the third conjuring movie. Uh, the Devil Made Me Do It, which is, um, again, like the previous ones, it's extremely loosely based on a true story. Somewhat more infamous true story in this one, but again, it's it's to- it's, it's a true story that is somewhat notorious in history. And in, in these films, it's told through the perspective of, but what if there actually were ghosts getting involved? <laughs> <laughs> so this is kind of like... Yeah, the, the case of the uh, you know a guy in small town America murders his his friend and alleges that he was possessed when it happened. Um, and the, the the premise is that his little brother is possessed by the devil. The Warrens show up to exorcise him during the exorcism, or not his his brother, his girlfriend's brother, and he was present. And then he welcomed the devil into him to save the little boy, and he then does the murder. And it's so this is as a uh, this is the first one not directed by James Wan. Uh, this was directed by 
I think his first name is Michael, Michael Chavez, who um, did Curse of La Llorona, which I did not see because everyone said it was shit. Um, I can kind of believe that now, having watched this one. This one isn't horrible, but it's not very good. Um, And it's... like it's not a train wreck but it's just kind of disappointing it's just kind of they 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 tease kind of going in some kind of interesting directions um maybe getting away from the conjuring formula a little bit because it's kind of like okay he's he's arrested and then the warrens are brought in to try and prove his innocence and it's kind of like oh that's interesting is this going to be a courtroom drama movie where they fucking have to try and pass off their their quote-unquote truth to to a judge or something like that and maybe that will manifest in an interesting way but it doesn't they have one scene early on that kind of teases that and that's just to get the wheels motion and time to go find the the haunted item and break it and fucking understand why this ghost is here it's that it's that exact movie um it has the the classic red letter media trope that they always talk about where they have a scene where they have to go and talk to a fucking expert and like uh, father <laughs> so and so can you tell us what this object is oh that object well that's uh, <laughs> a Billy Bad Ghost does them. You, oh, you don't want to, you don't want to talk about it. Run, don't you ever look back. You know they do all that shit. Um, yeah, so it becomes very formulaic. It's very long. There's there's a ton of of kind of secondary and tertiary characters that are introduced at a crazy pace. There's the guy who did the murder there's his girlfriend there's the little boy who's still on the scene from the opening exorcism there is the expert who plays more of a role than you expect there's the police just two there's two police characters who get involved at one stage um there's just a lot going on and it's 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 pretty it's pretty tiresome it's it's just boring more than anything else which is a real shame um so yeah that was a dud unfortunately i give the old two stars on letterbox um, not not a train wreck but um, and I think I think if you like your Conjuring movies, you might get something out of it. There's a handful of scenes here, or there, like yeah, that's okay, that's okay, that's okay. It's just just long, just long and dull. Um, what else have I seen here? Uh, watched a couple other horror movies actually. Also, well, this one's more. I don't know if you call it a horror, but it's certainly not a barrel of laughs. I watched The Road, mm. uh, the adaptation of the Cormac McCarthy book with Viggo Mortensen. Um, it's very good as I said it is obviously not uh, it ain't sausage party in the levity department I'll say that much um, but it's quite good I, I, I enjoyed it um, uh, I love the book I can't believe I haven't seen this movie based on how much I enjoy the book but um, it's great it's, it, it looks great in a way that's kind of hard to describe because you can. it would sound very unappealing but they do a fantastic job of recreating the very distinct kind of post-apocalyptic um uh, world of the book it's not just dilapidated buildings and zombies walking around they don't have zombies it's just there's some kind of nebulous unspecified environmental kind of disaster and the book is all about like gray skies and ash under your feet and dead trees and just the world has like burned alive um and something i never really thought about when i was reading the book although the film certainly read they do a tremendous job and there's tons and tons of just like establishing shots of just this empty burned uh, ash-ridden world the kind of environmental aspect of the story comes to the fore a whole lot more when it's visualized so well um yeah and it's great um uh, it is obviously a massive fucking bummer but it's uh that's what the book is so it's like you know uh fair enough uh, and then last night we watched jeepers creepers on um amazon do you find out where they got those peepers mm-hmm. you do actually they they you, you spoilers get, um it, it, literally spoilers it's the last thing in the film um uh it's 
not perfect, but it's kind of amusingly cheesy um, as a 2001 film where they're fighting a big evil monster who has it. He has a wacky supervillain vehicle. Like he's not, he's not fucking like just walking through the streets with his knife or, or, you know, he has a really silly car with a silly horn that plays a, a wacky sound. He has a theme song. Obviously the song is in the movie. He has a big ridiculous axe with loads of things. I was like, they don't make horror movies like this anymore. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really fucking stupid, but it's kind of charmingly. So, and, and the, the whole yeah. thing kind of has a goofy horror charm. I liked it quite a bit. Um, uh, so yeah, I enjoyed that. Although I did read up after the fact, Benefello directed the big old pedo, big old pedo. So I don't know if I'll be watching the sequels, um, uh, but yeah. Um, and I think that was it for me. Uh, yeah, that was it. So um, we can jump in then to the games of the week. Who's been playing what this week? Um, well, every time I think I'm coming closer to the end of Pokemon Snap, it keeps fucking going. Oh, <laughs> it really? keeps going. Yeah, I'm like 35 hours in now. It's just a new level every time. I think I'm on this. This must be one of the last levels. Oh, no, there's another level. Oh. And I'm not complaining that there's lots of content in it, but there's far more than I thought there was going to be. Like, when I think of the N64 Pokemon Snap, it's like six levels, each of them about five minutes to get through, play them a few times to get all the Pokemon, maybe. What, six hours in total to beat this beat the game you know i'm thinking okay it's pre- presumably going to be longer than a nintendo 64 game but i was thinking you know if i get if i get 15 hours out of this game oliver and got my money's worth so that was 20 hours ago and still the train keeps chugging um albeit i'm playing it in a more completionist way than to your typical yeah person might like i'm trying to get um max out the level uh, the progress on every level to its like maximum. So for every um, photo you get, you get a certain amount of XP. For every different photo, you get a certain amount of XP, and that goes to like maxing up the level. I think I've explained before that like the higher level, the more friendly the Pokemon Pokemon are with you, or the the more different um, behaviors you get, and so it's easier to get better photos. So I encourage you to replay the level again and again. Uh, and also, there's like where's Wally style back, or where's Waldo in the US? In the US, uh, yeah. Back of the book style extra things to tick. Oh, a, a Venusaur! I heard you could see it jump in the lake here. What the fuck's that about? And then you need to do the actions to make the the thing happen. But yeah, still plugging away at that. But even better this week, I was inspired by all the football going on to dust off the old Football Manager twenty one uh, again, which I'm fucking addicted to most of the time. <laughs> Uh, so I have it on the tablet here. Here's my iPad that I'm using now. And um, so I started up a new career mode with uh, Aston Villa. Um, I'm, I finished just my first season. I just finished there this afternoon during the uh, Croatia game, Croatia-Spain game. Uh, pr- my predicted finish was 18th out of 20th. Brought them to a very respectable seventh place uh, finish. Uh, qualified for the Europa League as well. Um, made some good little purchases, Joe. You'll be happy to hear. Mm-hmm. Brought in Phil Jones for two point eight million, Oof. and knocked ten grand off his wages. He was willing to come down to about sixty grand a week for me, um, only because I needed a, an experienced head in defence. A lot of my defenders were 
a little bit too young for this kind of style I was playing. They're too dumb to understand my instructions. I was like, all right, I, I will usually in football manager avoid players kind of over the age of 27 because they tend to not have much resale value. But I was kind of thinking, right, I, I, do, I need a little, little bit of experience, a little bit of experience. Ahead. So I brought in Phil Jones for that. I bought, I bought Fred, right, from Man United for £12.5 million. Pounds. I thought that was a pretty fucking good deal. Uh, and John Lundstrom as well for from Sheffield United on free. So I'm I'm doing some wheeling, Harry Redknapp style wheeling and dealing. Um, usually when I play Football Manager as like Man United or whatever, I'm like fucking buy Messi for three hundred million. So it's nice to play it with a different mindset of like mm. right. I maybe will dip my toe into the more experienced players just to kind of round out my team. And without kind of trying to depend too much on on youth at the same time, so yeah, it's a mm. nice, fun little playthrough. Um, team is a little bit inconsistent, as you might expect. I did try to sell Grealish okay. to United. United came in with an offer for Grealish, yeah, and I said, right, sixty six million pounds, you can have him, okay. and I can I can reinvest that in the squad. And then he rejected the contract offer, which I don't think I've ever seen that happen before. Um. But yeah, that's all I've been playing this week. Football Manager is now taking up all my free time. Um, but also, I spent some time in a little Twitch room during the week. <laughs> oh yeah. As Barry played Bowser's Fury, and I observed that Barry is one of two things. He's either <laughs> unbelievably awful at Bowser's Fury, <laughs> or he's like a savant who can do challenges that took me 30 tries he just does first time i don't know what there's no middle ground i feel like that's quickly going to become my brand because the (laughs) knockout city is the exact same i'm either fucking on the cusp of becoming an esports player and taking that scene by or i'm just absolutely embarrassing myself over and over and over again uh, yes, but you did join in. Thank you very much for watching and subscribing. It was, very fun. It was great. It was great to see you. I had a great time. I, I, I'm, I'm having so much fun on Twitch. I mean, it really is great. Yeah. Um, uh, and obviously, yeah. So I did. I did that on Monday. I did uh, Knockout City on Friday. Blue Pass, all the goals I had for subscribers and all that jazz, which is fantastic. So now my schedule for July is Bloodborne on Wednesdays and Super Mario Sunshine on Thursdays oh, uh, until they are both finished. Um, yeah, the the I I don't know what because my friends have often said to me when we do things like bowling that I get in my head so yeah. quickly and I just and once I'm in a rut I can't get out of it. Oh my god, some of those some of those challenges I was just absolutely losing it. But yeah, had a fantastic time. Really, and and Bowser Fury was great. I mean, I think like a lot of people, as much as I'd love to praise it, yes, it's short. You know, it's not. You know, they they kind of get in and get out, but. Um, in a way, that's kind of a good thing. Like the uh, the Bowser popping up on the day night cycle, that was really cool and dynamic. But then, at the end, I was kind of like, okay, I kind of just want to play these fucking levels. So you know, yeah, um, a tremendous proof of concept. I hope they, I hope they keep working on it. I hope, I, I don't think I would play. Well, no, I would play it obviously, but I, I don't think I would want Bowser's Fury two. Do you know what I mean? I think I would like them to take right. some of those ideas and do do something different with them. Uh, but yeah. yeah, fantastic, uh, uh, really, really great. Um, yeah, so the. Um, the twitching is going well. Uh, I'm gonna play Chicory on for on Wednesday, which is like a cute little kind of like a, a a cute kind of Zelda-ish kind of uh, game where you're playing as a little dog in a black and white world, and you can paint right. things to make them cool. It looks nice. It's just it's something to break up the to break things up before I get started on those other two games I mentioned. Ah, uh, yeah. So that's been great stuff. Uh, some other games I played this week. 
more Ratchet and Clank, obviously, which is good fun. Uh, I also played, not dissimilar to Pokemon Snap, it's like, uh, uh, you know, um, sort of uh, futuristic dystopia Snap. I Digimon got... Photosim. <laughs> not quite. I got Umurangi Generation. What? This is this otaku podcaster? The, I'm just the, which is a, uh, a, a sort of pretty damn well-received uh, photography game from last year that came to the Switch uh, a couple weeks, uh, two weeks ago. And it's on. This Switch had a massive sale. They had a really good digital sale. Uh, I think it's still going, actually. I believe Every, it is. Everything yeah. was everything was discounted like crazy. So I got I got Umarangi Generation. It's good, and it is it is. It's not quite as you know um, the things you're taking pictures of. It's not quite as bouncy as a Pokemon thing where they're jumping around and they're fucking jumping out of volcanoes and everything. It's very yeah. much kind of an urban. Um, I think yeah, it is kind of set in a sort of like really kind of uh, like. Uh, overgrown city kind of like fascist dystopia photography game um and it's 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 cool it's you know i got it for, i think it was like 13 quid or something like that yeah. it's got a it's got a unique kind of dreamcasty kind of style aesthetically to it which is nice and the photography is is pretty deep it's not just a point and click you've got different lenses you've got focuses you've got zoom um they kind of tell you there's no bad shots you're not you're not losing points for oh that's off center it's more just kind right. of like you get points for everything really but instead there are just some kind of objectives to do like get this particular action happening or, or get this many of this in the frame it's cool I, i've only played the first level but it's it's really interesting it's it's very indie i'll say that but i i don't mean that in a bad way no indie is good usually yeah um, and that's i mean and that's the switch do you know what i mean it's it's yeah. just all these it's like it's like big tentpole nintendo games <clears throat> and then tons of weird little indie things um yeah so that's my uh that's my games for the week and uh we have an email i believe yeah, I have an email from Michelle. Subject: Pick one, pick uno, or pick uno. Hi, Paul. Pick one from these actresses with wide careers, and they are Holly Hunter, Holly Hunter, who I must admit, I can't think of many Holly Hunter films I've seen. Even though I know that she's very. No, I, I know I I know that she isn't. First of all, not Helen Hunt. They are not the same person. I know that I see her name pop up a lot in um, in movie casts, and I always think of her as kind of like wearing a suit and maybe starring in some kind of like FBI involved. She's like she's always like the head of the FBI in my mind. <laughs> I don't know why, uh, but Holly Hunter. I, I need to look at her filmography to get a better gist of what she's actually in. Uh, Jodie Foster. And Sally Field. Mm. Uh, I don't know who two of these people are, to be honest. So, uh, Barry. Barry. Right. Well, Holly Hunter. Just looking. I know Jodie Foster. Yeah, Holly Hunter. Looking at her Wikipedia page here, she has won an Academy Award, a BAFTA Award, a Golden Globe, and two Primetime Emmys. That is pretty good. Jodie Foster says. Eat my shit, Holly Hunter. That ain't nothing. <laughs> Jodie Foster has won two Academy Awards, three British Academy Film Awards, three Golden Globe Awards, the Honorable Cecil B. DeMille Award, Oof. and then Sally Field, also two Academy Awards, three Primetime Emmys, two Golden Globes, a Screen Actors Guild Award, and nominations for a Tony Award and two British Academy Awards. Oh, Academy I Film recognize Awards. Sally Field. I'm looking at her here. Yeah, okay. Sally Field is from Mrs. Doubtfire. She was also married to Burt Reynolds for... Uh, yeah, okay, now I just didn't know her name. Okay, I've seen her in a lot of stuff. Um, um, Sally Field, I think, 
of the three, I th- I would consider the most versatile in that she is like she's in proper films and yeah. is a proper actress, and then she's also the ma'am in Mrs. Doubtfire. Do you know, like she she can do um the very kind of throwaway silly roles, but then she can also do the very serious um proper acting roles, for want of a better word. Um, I actually really like Sally Field. I think she's got a very good um, charisma mm. to her. She kind of s- comes off the screen. Uh, Jodie Foster, obviously, Silence of the Lambs is what immediately comes to my mind. Um, and Taxi Driver. Yeah. What else is she in that I would have seen? I've, I have not seen Panic Room. Uh, she opened much recently. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, lost for 10, 20 years, but um, I would rule out Holly Hunter. Yeah, uh, Hunter's not going over in, in this one. I just don't <laughs> think I've seen enough of Holly Hunter. I'm looking at her filmography here. Oh, brother, we're at though. Yeah, nothing that really. Incredibles. She does the voice of Elastigirl. I think Foster's been in a few of my faves. She's been in Bugsy Malone, right? Uh, Freaky Friday. Um, with the body swap comedy and Candle Shoe, which is another one of my favorite, kind of one of those early Disney movies. And Silence of the Lambs, good. Apart from that, though, it's not really much I like. Whereas Sally Field has got Mrs. Doubtfire and Forrest Gump. Yeah. And that's uh, probably about it, actually. <laughs> I go Jodie Foster, just very close, though, between Foster and, and Field. I am trying to find the filmography on this Wikipedia and I cannot find it. For Sally Field, I mean. Oh, here we go. It's, it's not listed as filmography. It's listed as a list of Sally Field performances. Where is your consistency? What? Why, what kind of way is that to do it? I don't know. Uh, of course, she's in the uh, the absolutely abysmal Amazing Spider-Man for, uh, series of films. What? Who is she in that? Aunt May. Was she? Oh, my God. I don't remember that at all. She was in Lincoln... She was in uh, Legally Blonde 2, Red, White, and Blonde, which I saw in the cinema for some reason. Um, Steel Magnolias. Smokey and the Bandit. That maybe is where she met old Bert. Um, yeah, I would probably go Sally Field, just based on my preference for her rather than any films that she's been in. Okay, I I, I, I wouldn't even pretend to pick because I, I just you, you're you're going Foster, I suppose. I go Foster by default. I mean, I do love Mrs. Doubtfire. Foster but I it is yeah. okay. Uh, that's my email. Uh, anybody else have any emails? New, new. Go, go straight to the wrestling. Then I have a very big hot take that I need to make. I think <laughs> this is gonna blow the doors off the hinges. I'm going to preemptively. Um, not flinch, but I'm going to brace myself because I think this is the potential to be me and Barry the raid two, but in reverse. <laughs> I watched last week's Dynamite after we recorded our podcast. Yeah, uh, I quite enjoyed the MMA fight. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh. I thought it was well done. I thought it was pretty fun. Oh. Oh. oh my god. Oh my god. I I I I agree that um you know Wardlow's punches were not the stiffest in the world and probably should have been based on the the kind of 
idea what they're doing. But generally, I thought like all the little attention to details were very good. The the little ref on the outside putting the Vaseline on their <laughs> faces oh, as they went God. in, God. checking God. the gloves. I was like, you know what? Give me give me a couple of pints, and I believe that I'm watching MMA here. What? That, I've never had a pint in my life. I probably yeah, wouldn't even need two. <laughs> give, give, give me a shot glass of Heineken and I'll be. pitched after one. You go, watch this. It's not early, isn't it? <laughs> no, but. The main I, event opening, that's not UFC. Oh my God. <laughs> but I think it was maybe just because how much you buried it. That when I went to watch <laughs> it, I was expecting, right, this is going to be absolutely dreadful. And actually, I thought it was. I thought it was really good. In fact, I thought it was very, very enjoyable. I thought it was probably my favorite thing on the show. To be fair, I was, I was, I mean, I know lots of people who didn't like it, but I was like the low man relative to them as well. Right. Like I, I think I just liked it more than most people. Fair enough, you know. I like, I could have overlooked the UFC presentation copy. I could have overlooked that, and I, I was happy to have a bit of fun with it. But it was just, it was just the strikes. All the strikes were too bad, and it was just. I, I, I got no pleasure out of the actual action. It was just terrible. And I feel right. like Hager is useless. Hager is so useless. I like agree in a general sense. That in a general useless. sense. Like, yeah. I'm glad they have him positioned as a, like, just muscle for the group. Fucking hell, he's bad. He can't, because the thing, he can't do, he can't do fake shoot wrestling. He can't do professional wrestling, uh, which I feel like he could once upon a time, but he, he, he lost it, you know? Yeah. Um, so, Yeah. Yeah, well, that that's yeah, that's definitely our raid two of wrestling. Um, uh, what else was? It? I mean, oh yeah, that was last week. So I guess we can that was last this. week. This week's show, uh, much better. I thought, yeah, um, solid wrestling, straightforward angles. Um, they gotta they gotta put pump the brakes on Vicky. They gotta pump the brakes on Vicky. I don't need Vicky yeah. on the show five different times. <laughs> yeah. We can we trade her for Conan. Oh, oh happy how great was good. Conan! Oh my God, he was so fantastic. <laughs> no, yo, I, you haven't heard enough. He <laughs> <laughs> was great. He's he was great. So he's, but he's good because he, you can tell that he's got these little prepared lines that he slips in. Yeah, hey, we're like scarecrows. We're outstanding in our field. Boy. So lame, but so good. Oh yeah. Jesus! <laughs> I, love, I love it though, even though it's 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 a very uh, dad jokey thing. But then, like, you have Tully Blanchard, who I think was fine here, but in previous promos is just fucking going around in circles and has no idea what he's doing. Like, here, Conan was very to the point. Uh, I knew immediately when the lads came out that it was F- FTR. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> it was obvious. Yeah. But um, I did not expect them to hit Conan with the old spike pile driver he said, <laughs> yeah. proceeded to do. He knew he'd love that. Um, yeah, I thought that segment was very fun. Um, what else was on this Dynamite? Uh, well, yeah, the main event, which is the, the main event, uh, which I thought was very good, but I think, I think people are going crazy about. it. I didn't think it was that good. I thought it was a very good, yeah, TV main event. If anything, I would, I, I would wish more that they would have this kind of match on pay per view and give it like five minutes more. Not necessarily for them to do five minutes more worth of stuff, but to stretch the stuff that they do out, because specifically the. Um, the second time Jungle Boy got him in the snare, snare I was kind of, okay, let's sell this, sell this, sell this for a little while. Maybe even do the, like, you know, he go, he goes out for a second and the ref's checking and he, you know, comes back or whatever. But it seemed like it was so quick that he was, like, in it and then he was grabbing Jungle Boy's yeah. hair. Yeah. I was like, no, give them a little bit more time and, and really 
I, I mean, I know this is a point that I harp on about a lot, but when I think back to like the rock matches of like the 2000s, yeah. when the rock would be put in like the ankle lock, he'd be in the fucking ankle lock for two minutes. Really? Oh, he's dragging himself slowly. Oh, he's going to tap. He's going to tap. Now it seems like you know, a submission gets put, put on and they always go too fast to the ropes. Mm. I know I'm like fucking Jim Cornette here. Fuck, they aren't sure, on submissions enough these days. That's fair. But yeah, like, I want I want to see the babyface get the submission on and almost like false finish it. You don't often see a false finish of a submission. You know, they put it on and the heel gets out of it within 15 seconds. I'd say, fucking sell it like he's in danger and he's like scrabbling. Oh, can he get out? And yeah. maybe starts to fade and then and then oh, he grabs the hair as like an act of desperation. His last mm. resort, his last thing to get out of it. Little too fast for me, but um, no. As as far as the TV main event goes, it was very good, um, and I was very satisfied with it. Yeah, and other than those like snare teases, I, I feel like they didn't do too much either. It wasn't kind of a Kenny go 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 epic, no. uh, which is great. Like I'm 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 kind of over all that stuff, especially in AEW. It's kind of what one of the positives of someone like <coughs> Christian being there is like, okay, I want some more matches that are really good, but that are not just show me 20 of the coolest things you've ever seen in your fucking life do you know what i mean <laughs> right. like that's that's yeah. great and all but like i feel like we need more more kind of like traditional kind of great main events and this and this was one um yeah no and and, and it, it kind of had that that kind of new japan kind of quality in that like I knew you knew Jungle Boy wasn't going to win, but they don't they don't put the title on the often uh, on the line too often, and they did some really good near falls that Pete that the audience bought on absolutely, uh, and so it did have that epic feel despite the fact that you knew like like Jungle Boy's a full two rungs below Kenny, you know. Um, so uh, but yeah, that was really good, and it kind of worked as a coming out for him as a, I know he had like the great MJF match, mm-hmm. but uh, I think they're going to probably sooner than later lean into him as a. As a single star, because I think he's undeniably great. Be one. They've yeah. they've done a they've done a great job of you know with people like him, their kind of projects, giving him in little drips and drops, those little things. So it's like we're not elevating him, but we're letting you know he's good. Like he had the the Jericho time limit thing um, ages ago, and like that was a really cool thing. It's like you know he didn't win, but it's like okay, this is a mid carder, but he's a mid carder you can watch, and maybe in five years he'll be something. And then then you yeah. get to this, where it's like okay, now it's an actual match. It's not a time limit fucking thing. It's like it's an actual match, and he lost, but he had a great match along the way. Um, so you can that that character progression is is, is really nice. Um, what else was on this show? Uh, yeah, so I mentioned Vicky there. So they're doing the match with her next week. Um, Whatever that uh, turns out to be. I mean, there's no way it's anything close to. I mean, if Brit and and Nyla are in there for, I was about to say five. I don't think it should go five minutes. I mean, I, I, like if they're in there for five minutes and then they do one spot with Rebel and Vicky, that's fine. But I don't know. But it's very like, weird this this build because it felt like you know in the the burger celebration they did when Nyla flipped the burgers, that felt to me like it was supposed to be a Nyla face turn. Yep. But it yeah. seems like they've since gone back on that, and that Brit's now supposed to be the face. I'm not entirely I sure on what is supposed to be happening. Don't know. Yeah, Brit's kind of like a cool heel, which yeah, is great. She's, she's the female Kevin Nash. Yeah, it's it's kind of like, and they're like selling, they're like pushing hard that like it's going to be her homecoming for the first Rampage taping because yeah. it's in Pittsburgh. But so Vicky's cool. still doing the excuse me heel shtick. Absolutely, so. and oh my god, and 
justifiably so i was watching it there the other day when we were hung over after all the birthday stuff and my yeah. poor girlfriend she was like I, what i can't listen to this it's so fucking loud and annoying <laughs> um, completely fair as well yeah so it's like i i think nyla is supposed to, i i do think nyla is supposed to be a face i do think that part is true but uh like not really and then you have vicky also being a heel in the andrade thing like i don't know why she has two angles what did you make of the andrade Coming They're making out him look and like such a being interrupted thing. by the Matt Seidel entrance for his match with Top Flight man. Yeah, like what? Like, I why didn't he come down and beat the shite out of the two of them? Yeah, like why? Why put him in that position? Like, especially Matt Seidel. Like, I, I kind of think Matt Seidel probably got the win, so that he he can then lose to Andrade with a bit of, with a bit of heat. But I was like, but it's Matt Seidel. Like, you shouldn't be heating him up for Andrade. Andrade should just come out and just the match shouldn't happen. He should just kill the two of them. Like. <coughs> He's with Vicky. He's getting punked by the fucking cast of Dark Elevation. I just yeah. don't get it. Um, they're teasing a surprise. I can only hope the surprise is like Thea Trinidad and she fucking lays out Vicky and we never see Vicky again for the rest of time. <laughs> My life. Um, yeah. Also, not news to anybody, but this pinnacle inner circle thing is easily the worst thing on the show every week yeah it's, and it's getting so i mean it's getting so long in the tooth because they've had two blow-off matches and now they're still having angles every week oh my god and it's like there's no way sammy and mjf is the is the blow-off i mean that, that's a that's a pretty big match for for in terms of what they've built up jeez yeah, yeah. anyway that's your dynamite review pretty much um i originally had the, the wwe releases on the rundown but there weren't there wasn't anything too notable i think tyler, tyler breeze and fandango um, and those those kind of ones where you go, oh, that's a shame. But also, like they've been there forever. Like, yeah, you know, realistically, they... Tyler Breeze was called up. They did nothing with him. He went back to NXT. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could see them hiring him in a kind of a coach role potentially. But, Especially because you know. they're not only like post their kind of athletic peak, but they've also then had the joke run. Do you know what I mean? Like where they exactly. were a comedy, and even mm. that resulted in them going back to NXT and, and sitting there doing nothing. So it's it's a shame because they're both super talented, but they've yeah. We're, we're, we are entering a new era now where WWE is actually not holding on to people for the rest of their lives, yeah. despite, like, uh, I don't know what the cause of that change is, the shuffling up or management or whatever, but they're like, okay, let's 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 get, let's get empty this warehouse of people we have. We don't need 40-year-old Fandango as good as he is, you know. Um, been there since yeah. 2006, would you believe, which is I know. such a long time. Um, the other the other noteworthy thing I suppose was that writer who 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 went on the podcast and was like, yeah. oh, God. they got me writing for this Bobby Ashley guy," and and people freaked out about it. Um, a couple apparently, you know, I actually was just reading an update there from from Fightful that was like, I, I this was obvious anyway. I think people were, who were making this connection were getting two two plus two equals five. They were like, they didn't fire her because the fans got mad on Twitter. If you think WWE gives two shites what the main character of the day is. On wrestling Twitter, you are you are deluded, sir. They don't give yeah. a fuck, but they just that they didn't like that she went out and said that. They personally, I think it's probably more likely that John Laurinaitis doesn't know Bobby Lashley's name than <laughs> would get upset about a writer not knowing it. But he's uh, right, Bobby Ashley. She knows right for him. But uh, yeah, so she so she got let go. Um, it, it's weird though because I do feel bad because I completely 100% believe because other people have said it too I 100% believe that they said oh you don't know anything about wrestling that's great absolutely we don't want you to know anything about wrestling yeah. but they're an absolutely bizarre company run by weirdos so they would say that and then get annoyed when she says it like yeah. oh don't, don't say that 
because it's so weird because that's because like i remember when like all the writers had podcasts like your laganas and your alex greenfields and whatever they all said the exact same thing they said when when the soap writers come in they're talk they they want them to not know anything about wrestling but all the job listings when they go public it all says you, you be familiar with our our mm-hmm. fucking be familiar with xyz and then they all come out and say oh no they didn't want me to know any of this shit it's like what what do you want out of a out of a person i just don't get it um but yeah it was it was jabroni clean out mostly um yeah uh, so yeah they can you know the indies are coming back in the u.s AEW's there ring of honor's there impact impact like under their fifth regime wrestling in a warehouse in nashville they are still signing people to to big deals and debuting them so it's like hey those places you can go you know um that the news was any other wrestling yeah. news? I don't think so. Um, various dates getting announced for WWE and AEW tours. The fans are back. Um, is it July for both of them? Is that right? Yeah. AEW definitely. They're making it. They're giving it the hard push. They're like, this is the. the, yeah. the they're back to Wednesday next week, and they're like, this is it. This Wednesday show is the last one. They made a big deal in WWE Hell in a Cell last show, last pay per view show with no fans. So uh, yeah. That'll be good, at the very least, um, to to have dynamite on the road, which which be good. Um, they are doing a show in Daly's place in like August or something, though, right? Did I see that? Are they? I think they're coming back. I thought. Day. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure they're probably very thankful to that community and the people who showed up. It has to be a lot of the same people. There's no way they've been getting, you know, it has to be regulars, especially because they were char- they were so cheap. Yeah, it's your man. Can, Everton jersey every week. I, I can understand they wanted to give them a thank. They might, they, you know, they, they might even have it be fucking like Florida fan appreciation night or some shit like that as, as a thank you for, for, cause that's, that has what made them stood out during the pandemic when everything else was shite, unwatchable warehouse wrestling shite was, was having a little bit of a crowd. But I thought, I thought when they went back on the road, I was like, if I was them, I would not return to this building for five years. I was like, I don't want to see it ever again. Um, but it, it does look great. It looked really, it looked really, really great this week. They were wrestling during like the sunset. It looked fantastic. Um, anyway, that's our wrestling guff. Take us home, brother. That's our wrestling guff for the week. We're gonna let the lads catch the last of the the match here. Yeah, um, and we will be back next week. To, oh no! I, actually, sorry. No, I'll take that back. We will possibly have a a Paul solo show. Um, if not, you know, maybe Paul wants to take a week off. You know, it depends what football is on or not. I'm gonna say you want to do a solo footy golf. You know, um, give an update on that. Um, or maybe dynamite will be amazing. You want to talk about dynamite? Absolutely. I don't know. Let's see. Um, yeah. Open ended. So there is. So you know, follow follow on Twitter for the updates. You know yourselves. And uh, two weeks from now, I, w- I would imagine we'll be back. So uh, with all that said, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Um, we will talk to you in the very near future chairshoppodcast.com if you want to email us and at chairshoppod on twitter if you would like to reach out so until then it's goodbye from me it's goodbye from Joe goodbye it's goodbye from Paul goodbye <laughs>